What's up, everybody? This is the Rumble Podcast. I actually almost forgot what it was called right when I right when I said it. I haven't I haven't said it in so long. Uh, it's good to be back. I have a new co-host. I I think this one will be for the foreseeable future. Uh, you you'll hear his creds, and I think you'll be you'll be rather impressed, all of you listeners. So the person that I have now is Austin Garrett's friend. Uh, well, at least that's who introduced us, basically. Uh, and his name is Josh Decker. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, this is a pretty neat opportunity to, to get on here and, and talk about some football. Um, but yeah, uh, long story short, I kind of met Austin through a mutual friend. Um, he went to school with one of my buddies who's been a childhood friend. So I was out at, at Johnson University a couple of times and... <clears throat> I got to meet Austin and now we both live in Delaware. And when I moved back, he was saying that you guys had a, a podcast network that you're putting together and you're looking for some people to, to get on there and contribute. So that's kind of how we got started and how I'm here today. <laughs> Man. So wait, you're, so you're, this is a little off topic, but I have to know, I mean, we are, we are recording. So I always love to shout out Gabe Warden. Is he, is he at your, your church? Is he an intern right now? Is that is that the church he's at? I'm not sure. Um, I don't actually go to the same church as Austin. Um, I, I I live in a different town. But that's my favorite part of this football podcast, talking about some church. So oh yeah, so that's always <laughs> it's always my favorite part. So we got some NFL news. So I think the biggest one. I mean, there's some breaking news today that was pretty big, but <laughs> honestly, for the wellness of a person i think this is the biggest news richard sherman did you hear about this uh richard sherman oh uh, yeah stuff yeah honestly i it, was, it took me by surprise because i feel like he's one of those people who is morally they're pretty pretty upstanding and, and somebody i feel like is a pretty big role model especially for the last couple of years um but yeah i i ended up watching the video i don't know if they really wanted the video out but I somehow stumbled upon it. It was definitely a little eye-opening. It was it's hard, it's hard to see guys who, like, like I said, have put themselves out there as as being really upstanding fellows. And then you see some of the, the reality of humanity, you know, like everybody can be capable of doing stuff that they don't you don't think they can do. But yeah. it, it was it was interesting. It yeah, that's what that's exactly what I thought too, because I was at work when I saw it and I was like. I was like, that didn't like. I thought it was a miss, like a honestly a misprint. It didn't make it didn't make sense when I saw that. He's a smart guy. Went to Stanford. Uh, super smart dude. Really successful football player, of course. Um, as, yeah, that's what's crazy. That's super crazy to me. I mean, I'm looking at sort of like a news article. I that it does beg the question of like, is like CTE involved? Is you know something like that. Yeah, I think the the whole incident happened on his in-laws' property, so it it makes me wonder like what kind of conversations went down. What was his intention of being there? You know, like of course you always got to try to figure out are these players under the influence when they go through some of these incidents. So it, it's a lot of information that I feel like is probably better left being private with the family. But that's just my take. <laughs> so yep, that's. Just had to touch on that, so we hope that Sherman is good, and you know if he's well enough, play this year because he's 
he's still got a little bit left in the tank. He he played, I think he played last year. Man, see, look at my football. Yeah, he, he he was still injured a little bit, but yeah. he came back. Yeah. He didn't look as good as he did when the Niners went to the Super Bowl. But I yeah. mean, hey, not to get off topic here, but he fit in with Atlanta. We need some some veteran experience. Oh, we can. We will definitely get to that. We'll. Oh yes, that. That's that's just a slight sneak peek of what's going to happen. But training camp is starting soon. Football is it's so close. It is so close to being here. I, I cannot wait. I put July thirtieth, but that's when the Browns start. That's that's who I like. So it's it's a it's a tiny bit of a of a of a fib. But uh, training camp is starting up soon. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's it's right around the corner. It's, it's not going to be long before we get to see some of these preseason games and kind of the first action that we haven't seen since late earlier this year with the Tampa Bay and Kansas City. And I mean, it's training camp is cool because you get to see who the diamonds in the rough are. And yeah. you, you're rooting for guys that are right on the borderline of making that final roster. And it's it's definitely especially like looking at this year with COVID still, like this was more of an off season than last year, but in the same way, it's still got a little asterisk next to it. Like, I don't know if this is the full experience that these coaches are hoping to get, uh, especially first time coaches uh, trying to build a roster themselves. Well, with these players, they, I don't, I think they were more against the OTAs uh, against practicing OTAs. They, they felt like they didn't need them. But training camp is, yeah, it's a totally different beast. That's when you find out. That's when you find out who's who's real, and who's fake. That that's true. Uh, so we had some breaking news. We'll, we'll call it that um, regarding COVID policy, uh, and it was it was honestly when I when I read it, it was it was kind of shocking that because it, it they they are laying down the law for they want they want it to be healthy this year. And if you're not, then you're going to, you're going to feel the wrath of the NFL. Yeah. And I was, I was catching up on that too. And I mean, it, it's very clear that the NFL is not wanting to go through the effort of attempting to reschedule games. Um, And just to, to bring up another topic that's not football related per se, but with the vaccine, like mandating that everybody gets it um, is kind of, they, I don't think the NFL's officially stated that, but they're making it pretty clear. They want everybody to get it. So um, I mean, it's, it couldn't be more crystal on yeah. how they, with that memo that they sent out today, like you could forfeit. I think the article was saying that unvaccinated players, if they test positive, then the team, well, the whole game, and they can't reschedule it, then that forfeits. The team that had the, the positive case would then get a loss, um, and then they'd be responsible for all the financial aspects of that canceled game, which is huge because yeah. these are huge games, huge budget. <laughs> they're losing. They are losing my other pockets. So I think what the NFL seems to be doing is they're trying to like have those players that are vaccinated kind of. Hey, you need to get this. I'm not losing money for you. So that's, I, I don't know if, if the NFL had to go through the NFL PA for this. Um, but 
that's just we'll just we'll just bring the news we won't bring the uh because it, it kind of is like a politicky thing to kind of get into mm-hmm. but we won't get into the f- politics part um but there are players that aren't very happy one being a high profile player uh deandre hopkins put out a tweet uh and he wasn't he wasn't very he wasn't very happy about it but he deleted it did you see that mm-hmm. i did and I mean, when players put out tweets and then delete them, they're strategically doing it. I don't think it's an impulsive kind of thing, knowing the platform they have. Because if you put that tweet out there, somebody's going to screenshot it, and it's it's on the record no matter what. So I, I read that, and it was, like, very interesting to see somebody, like you said, of, of such a high caliber and a multi-time all-star just saying, like, I'm questioning my future in the NFL because I don't know – if this is for me (laughs) it's that it was just weird to read um but i think he has a little bit of background uh with his family and stuff but yeah you're right they know that it's going to be seen they just start taking it down for oh it was a bad decision they they knew it they they're not that (laughs) dumb they're they're not they are smart guys air quotes yeah they have (laughs) bad decision (laughs) i forgot I, i you can't see my video Yes, there are air quotes. They are not dumb. They're not dumb guys. They're <laughs> agents that are also very smart guys. You know, uh, they want a lot of money as well. So, again, so these are smart guys. We'll see what happens with all the COVID stuff. We'll, it'll, this will be like a year-long uh, NFL season. It will all change um, throughout it. So we're going to go ahead and take a break before we get into the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm very excited about this. I, my background, you can't see it, is the 28 to 3. I might have to let this one go after this year. It's been about five years. So <laughs> I, I think, we're, I think we're it's time to move time. on. Yeah. <laughs> it's too there's, there's a new coaching staff, new, new regime. So I think it's, it's uh, fine to finally put that one away. <laughs> we'll see. So we'll take this break and we'll be right back. What's up, guys? We are back, and we are getting into Josh's. Is it is it your favorite team? I know you work for him, but is it are they your favorite team? The Atlanta. Uh, yes, they are. Okay, I would I would qualify myself as a super fan. So oh, just putting that out that's, there. <laughs> he's gonna give you some good info then. I I'm a <laughs> I have to I feel like I know stuff about every team, but this he will give you some good insight here, and he has his PFF shirt on, so he might pull out some crazy stats from his from his butt so i'm I'm excited to hear that if he does so we're getting to the atlanta falcons and so what what was their free agent class give me give me a little bit of their free agent class i don't think they off the top of my head i don't think they had any like major signings yeah so i mean first of all i think it's appropriate to just go ahead and mention the the julio jones trade yeah because i guess that'll yeah well, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it was one of the biggest things that happened in my life because I originally got into Falcons football when Matt Ryan came in into the league. And um, a little bit about that is I started fantasy football that year. So I was actually just trying to figure things out for the first time. I picked him and Roddy White. And then yeah. over the next couple of years, um, in 2011 was, I would say like three years went by where I started following the Falcons more. Um, so when they drafted Julio, that, I think that was the the point where I really followed football a lot closer. Uh, Cause I was just fascinated with 
with the kind of player he was and what he brought to the to the team with his talents. But um, yeah, so it's it's definitely it was a, an interesting um, trans how the events transpired recently was pretty wild. Um, yeah. But anyway, the the cap space was limited. New regime, everything changed. You want to start on a clean slate if you can when you come in with a new staff. And so the, the cap space was limiting any kind of options they had. So I, I would say that their draft class though was pretty, or not their draft class, their free agency class this year was, was not too bad given the parameters of only a couple million that they could actually sign. So and that's I would say they, think about. they have, they had the, their their cap you would think would have they would have a larger cap at this point it's just it they like i'm trying to think of like players off the top of my head on the team they had julio which they got rid of a little bit of his contract matt ryan's eating up a lot of it um other than that like dante fowler maybe i don't i don't i don't know who's really who's really taken up who had all that had all the cap i mean jake matthews i don't it's so that's what's that's what's crazy. They did yeah, do well. The, they did do well enough. But the thing is, yeah, they, they signed Bark Mingo. Then he had to, <laughs> he did have to go. Um, I believe me. I know a lot about Bark, Bark Mingo, drafted by yeah. Cleveland. Oh. Um, and then Fabian Moreau. Made his way around the league. Signing. I think Fabian yeah. Moreau is a very underrated signing. He. He played really well on a on a Washington football team that uh, was really good on defense. That's the only reason they made the playoffs. They didn't have it in the quarterback. Um, so having Fabian Moreau for the Falcons should be very helpful. I mean, it, if you take a look at, at what the Washington football team had on defense last year, like, of course, they have Chase Young, mm-hmm. um, yeah. who could be considered a generational talent, but – I mean, a lot of defensive lines get a lot of the main credit because they get the sacks, they stop the plays. But when the quarterback can't throw the ball because his receivers are covered, you got to look at the, the back from the defense and the cornerbacks and the safeties of the Washington football team last year. Where none of them really stood out specifically, but I mean, they did well enough that the quarterback had to spend all that time waiting and then he got sacked a lot. So I think. Fabian Moreau will definitely help kind of mentor some of the rookies that we drafted and, and also some of the undrafted free agents we got, especially AJ Terrell. Cause I think he does have a bright future in Atlanta. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's definitely a good signing. I think, yeah, that could be, yeah, I think that could easily be an underrated signing for, for the team. Um, I'm looking through Mike Davis. That's who I do have a, a PF. Oh, oh please. yeah. I, I was going to yes, say. Yes, I need to know. Quick, I, I, I do have a. That is awesome. Yes, that is probably the coolest thing. Uh, the PFF stuff. PFF is is very cool, very useful. Oh yeah, it's it's hard to think that football analytics can actually translate to something that some kind of content that people can consume. And honestly, like I, I still don't fully understand the potential that's there with all the grades and understanding what what that means and projections and everything but one of the um the stats that stood out in this article i read about fabian moreau is he had a 65.7 grade from pff which for cornerbacks you're you're not gonna find any 
it's you're not going to find much better than that other than like those standout guys. Um, so I mean, that's above average. So <clears throat> I think adding any players of the caliber that's above average to the Falcons defense is actually going to do them a little bit better than anything they had last year. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. And you could be, even if you want to start Terrell uh, in Sheffield, he could be put in the slot. Um, there's many opportunities, I think, for Moreau on the, on the back end. Uh, and if you want to keep talking about the back end, they also signed Eric Harris uh, out mm-hmm. of Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas. Um, well, so what, what, what does he bring to this, to the defense? So, well, so far in, in all of my research of following up with him is he's a, a big character guy. Um, I think that <clears throat> Terry Fontenot and um, Arthur Smith are trying to bring in some guys to kind of be like good role models because um, Eric Harris uh, has a lot of respect around the league with the various coaching staffs. And um, he, he definitely is, is a good leader. He's a proven leader. Um, I don't think he's going to be the starter, but I think in, in Dan P's defense, he's going to be kind of one of those those players who lines up on the line because he has a lot of experience rushing the passer, even though he's technically a safety. So I, I do see that being a valuable pick as well. Um, and, and while we're on defense, I think Deron Harmon, um, who came over from the Patriots, <clears throat> I think he's, he's signed for the veteran minimum, so he joined the team and it wasn't much of a cap hit, which he brings a lot of experience and also leadership as well for this, this young uh, secondary that the Falcons have. Yeah. And he's won Super Bowls. <laughs> he's yeah. on those really good uh, Patriot defenses that help. Yeah. Win Super Bowls, which is huge for, this is really a younger defense that uh, the Falcons have. So he'll bring some good veteran leader and Eric Harris will. So that those will be two qual I won't say star, but they're very quality signings. Mm-hmm. Which is what you need. Yeah, that I think you might have mentioned it a moment ago, but the my my favorite um, additions through through free agency was was the running back group that we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Davis. I'm telling you, everybody's sleeping on him. He's going to have an incredible year. There's no Derrick Henry. And everybody always has this idea that Arthur Smith has to copy everything he did in Tennessee. But, I mean, you need a guy who can run the ball efficiently. He's a power runner in order to, to really sell the play action. And Mike Davis is couldn't be better at it, uh, as we saw last year when he stepped in for McCaffrey. But Cordell Patterson also was an incredible signing. I love it when the Falcons keep signing these almost Hall of Fame uh, returners because we had Devin Hester about yeah. 10 years yeah. ago. And now we get Cordell to, to come down. And I think he's listed as a running back on the roster, uh, on the roster charts that they have right now. So I don't believe the Falcons will move to, to get any more running backs um, the, for the rest of the, the offseason here. But I think that, Arthur Smith will use his abilities in open space to, to complement what, what Mike Davis brings to the table too. And I, I know he does like the, like the wide zone scheme. He, they have like about, they have the same scheme as what the Browns run. And so, yeah, play action is, is so key in that. 
and having good running backs that you kind of fear, is he going to run the ball is super key. And Mike Davis, he, he played Admiral. He's no Christian McCaffrey. Of course, there's not there's mm-hmm. like one of those and that's him. And uh, he played well in his spot. So that should be, that should be good. And then yeah, Cordero is more, I would say like a speed back. If he's, if he's really anything, I, I, I think he, he was mostly brought in for special teams because he, he's so yeah. good at that. Um, but I, I do think that that um, the, the the kind of offensive system Arthur Smith runs definitely will benefit the running backs. As you've seen, Derrick Henry has absolutely crushed everybody else in yards per game, touchdowns, yards per carry average. Um, so it's it's definitely given me some hope that we'll score more touchdowns this year. <laughs> and score the ones that you actually want to score like uh like in the first half really. <laughs> not second half <laughs> i was there at that game um in atlanta <laughs> when i thought he like got injured the way he fell like from the angle i was watching the game he fell so suddenly i was like oh no he, he must have gotten some terrible injury but after after further review it was just like what are you doing yeah. i i watched they showed a high highlight and they replayed it up on the big screen yeah and you could clearly read matt ryan's lips and he was saying don't score <laughs> don't score a touchdown and Gurley just his i guess his momentum carried him and yeah. just hit the goal line but i'm telling you i it was tough it was, it was tough to, to up, see that trying to bring up as many bad memories because i'm a browns fan so you just you just say something oh whatever i'm just i'm used to losing at this point Hey, the Falcons haven't had really much success the last couple of years since the Super Bowl. So, hey, I mean, maybe the the fortunes have turned now. So, you never know. (laughs) Nothing is ever good with them. So, we we have their free agent class. We've sort of went through their main players. And then we have a draft class, which they didn't have a first-round pick, I don't think. Am I wrong? I was, I'm stupid. Wow. Kyle Pitts, you know, like the biggest player, biggest player in the draft. <laughs> How like, could you forget that one story Man. where they didn't pick a quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of Kyle Pitts? So you have, you have the quarterbacks, the two Mac Jones, Justin Fields sitting there. I don't know if you were wanting Matt Ryan to necessarily have a backup of the, of that caliber. Do you think that Matt Ryan has it in the tank still to, to to use the draft capital to bring in Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I I'll tell you I'll tell you what the I do believe I'm in the minority of the Falcons fan base that supports Matt Ryan still as the quarterback of the team. Granted, there's there's really not much that they could have done with his contract because the previous regime kind of just kept punting the giant cap hits down the road and. I think this year and next year, Matt Ryan has a 40 plus million cap hit. And it's just like, no matter if you spread it out further, you're still committing to him long-term. And I think they want to see, they, they believe in Matt Ryan because they restructured his contract to extend him to 2023 season. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the new, new coaching staff will kind of play to his strengths. And he's, I'm telling you, my, my prediction, he's playing until he's, Drew Brees' age. Uh, I mean, Drew, I think he was, what, 41 this year when he retired? 
Matt Ryan just turned 36. He's got at least a couple more years. He's missed three games in, since 2008. So I think that this was a smart move because if you have an, an if you have a top 12, I would say he's probably like top seven or eight quarterback in the league. You're not going to just trade him away for nothing. And oh, yeah. it's going to financially destroy your, your team if you try to do anything sooner. So I think drafting Pitts at four was the right move without a doubt. And I think Arthur Smith has, a, he's a tight ends coach originally. So, I mean, he's, he was like probably super excited to come to a team that could pick Kyle Pitts and have a great quarterback already in place. I mean, what, yeah. what, wouldn't he like about that yeah and what's what's really good about arthur smith's offense is it really uses the tight ends especially especially uh in the red zone so johnny smith had a nice amount of touchdowns uh because he would just kind of get lofted up and because uh, because you because you think they're gonna run it and then the usually the tight ends just streaking down the middle and you just get it to him. So Kyle, and, Kyle Pitts is what you want him to be is probably a lot better than John, even Johnny Smith is who just signed a massive deal in new England. Cause you want Kyle Pitts. If you're drafting him number four, you're wanting him to be Travis Kelsey in above, even above him. Cause that is, that's a large, that is a high pick for a tight end. And, but watching him at Florida, he, he was good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he, he definitely fits the bill to to be an all-time great if he can actually get the numbers. But, I mean, it. I, I remember during the draft process, his his measurables, his height, his weight, they almost are replications of Megatron. He's literally Calvin Johnson playing tight end, has the capabilities to play like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, but, he doesn't have to stick in the tight end mold. He can go out exactly. they can put him out in the slot, even if they wanted to. I don't think they necessarily would put him on the outside, but that he has the ability to do that if you want to. Oh, yeah. He has the size advantage on almost every quarterback in the league that other than like Jalen Ramsey, per se, like who's who does shut down most most wide receivers when he's lining up against them. But I mean, people forget that that Arthur Smith's offenses score a lot of points and they put up a lot of yards. Um, Tannehill under Arthur Smith, the last two seasons accounted for 76 touchdowns in two seasons. Uh, yes, so Arthur that's like Smith passing got, or running. Arthur Smith got Ryan Tannehill paid. Let's, let's put it that way. He made Ryan Tannehill look way better than he was. Maybe that was a, a fault of the dolphins, but yeah, <laughs> he made Ryan Tannehill look really good. <laughs> Like, just imagine what he could do with Matt Ryan, who's yeah. been a league MVP already. Like, I'm, I'm so excited to see see what happens with that. But another stat I have on Arthur Smith's kind of um, – his coaching scheme is he's had well over 70% rate of scoring touchdowns in the red zone, which is definitely the top five in the league. Um, and actually may be higher than that. It's, it was one of those stats where I remember seeing it and I was looking it up and I just couldn't find what article I'd read it in um, to cite it. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with this offense and with the, the addition of uh, Kyle Pitts added in there with Julio gone. Now there's 120 ish targets that are just up in the air. Um, 
pun intended, throwing it up in the air. But um, he's it. I think Kyle Pitts will definitely assume it. I think it's a little a little bit of a lofty goal to assume he'll cover what Julio's stats would be if Julio was healthy this year. But with him and Hayden Hurst, both of them can run down the seam. Also, good possession guys. So, I, my my hot take for the the tight end group with the Falcons this year is, is they'll definitely accumulate over a thousand yards um, combined, but I think that they'll end up having close to 15 touchdowns together um, this season. So, yeah. And that that's what you should expect with the guy you draft so high, no matter if he's a rookie, mm-hmm. should be expecting that. Yeah. That, uh, that, that, that's what stinks uh, with Julio wanting out was you, you really would add some, Something special, I think, with Julio, Calvin, Kyle, but this offense should still be really good with a with a Russell Gage, mm-hmm. Ridley combination, and Kyle Pitts. So, uh, their second round pick, they went and got Richie Grant out of University of Central Florida. So, what what safety position is he? Is he going to be on this defense? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure at this moment. Um, I think that they're probably going to get him some reps at, at full safety and strong safety. Um, let me pull up his what, how big he is because I feel like they a lot of times, well, at least for the last couple of years, we had Keanu Neal back there, and he's definitely a, a big physical guy. Um, yeah. And I, I believe Dan Pease runs a similar kind of scheme of having bigger athletic guys who can play multiple positions um usually play in that safety spot so yeah i don't know i think it i think we'll it'll we'll we'll see a little bit more once training camp starts here in a couple weeks but he's he's got a lot of potential um that is richie grant so i'm excited to see kind of how terry fontenot develops this this secondary with this year's draft and next year's draft um, to to go along with AJ Terrell, who turned out to be one of the better cornerbacks drafted last year, when but I remember watching that draft and I was like, "Who in the world is this guy?" Like, I I can't even remember watching anything about him. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him. Ohio State fan, and he he didn't do anything really against Ohio State, but he br- just brings up memories every time I see his name. Yeah, that, that sorry about crazy. that. Yeah, always- I do remember because. Um, when I was, yeah, yeah. When I was working for the Falcons, um, and I was there for that draft, and they, I remember hearing from some season ticket members how they were like, "Oh man, we chose the wrong guy," and they were just looking. He was overall, he was great in college. AJ Terrell, um, he he defended well, but there was that one game uh, when they lost to LSU where he allowed like two hundred something yards, and everybody was basing off. It was like recency bias. They were like. This guy is the worst. I mean, did yeah, you see that one game? <laughs> yeah. And let's think about that receiving core. Uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall. Good gosh. I know. Man. So now, now they're all in the NFL, which is crazy. Like all of them are starters and contributors or will be contributors this year. Why is it, it always comes back to Ohio State losing that game. Right? Oh, it's <laughs> such a tough game. Uh, well, speaking of Ohio State, sort of. The third round pick, Jalen Mayfield out of 
I don't even know if I can say this on here. It's kind of a bad word in Michigan. I got it for you. <laughs> Jalen Mayfield, they haven't listed his tackle, but <laughs> Michigan. Do you, do you see that he'll be there? Do you think he'll be? Do you think he'll be a tackle on this team? Do you think he'll be sliding in? Do you think he'll be? A, I don't. I don't think he'll be center, but a guard or tackle for this team. I don't think he'd, he'd be. He'll probably be most used along like as a guard. I think left guard is our most vulnerable position at this point with some injuries to some guys um, in recent months. But I mean, he's, I remember hearing some scouts were saying that he could have been a higher draft pick, uh, which shows his potential. Um, I remember when I was reading up on him, he's, he's good at run blocking, which Arthur Smith's trying to get more, more run efficient offensive line guys um, because the Falcons have been in the bottom five in rushing every year for the last few years from a, a yards per carry standpoint. So I think he's going to be a, a great addition to go along with Caleb McGarry and, and Chris Lindstrom, um, who are, who were drafted, both drafted in the first round uh, two years ago. So I, I'm definitely excited to see him then add more depth and especially like younger guys um, to add to that offensive line. And it really is a young offensive line that can really at this point, just go up with uh, Mayfield if he starts at left guard or if they keep him as a, as a swing tackle for if something go, somehow goes wrong with one of the, one of the two uh, tackles. So I think that was a good pick because exactly yeah, you're banking on him with, with potential and worse comes to worse in a few years, he doesn't pan out. It's a third round pick. So, but but he could be really good. That potential is there with him. Yeah, to, to go along with the offensive line pick, um, I did like in the, the fourth round um, when the Falcons picked uh, Drew Dahlman um, from Stanford. He's – I definitely like that pick because he's also one of those hard – hard-nosed guys who's going to fight for the extra extra yardage and block. And um, I believe he played center in college a little bit too. So having a backup center to learn, to come into a system and learn it from the beginning of his time at the league will, will definitely be beneficial down the road. So we did our first three rounds. Just we'll, we'll, we'll summarize the last four through seven. Give me your – like diamond in the uh, diamond in the rough player that you think will will be that in that in the four through seven. Well, I would say I'm kind of torn because I I'll go with two briefly. Um, I really like Avery Williams and Frank Darby. Their last two picks of the draft. Um, I think Frank Darby can be that that third string wide receiver, kind of what Russell Gage has been behind Ridley and Jones the last few years. And now we get to see Russell Gage step into the spotlight as obviously I believe he's the the clear wide receiver too right now um, prior to training camp. So I think Frank Darby will develop well um, to be a, another role player. And then Avery Williams was a good return guy in college and to get him some experience with Cordell Patterson, um, another potentially Hall of Famer in the return game. So I, I think those two picks will definitely be adding value to the team probably sooner than later. Yeah, those, that, that could be the case. Uh, this, 
you never know with the with the late round guys. But with I think the ones you usually find with the, the diamond in the rough usually are is an offensive player with the, like a wide receiver type because you just never know with them. And then yeah, cornerback that those usually are like your your breakout guys because I think like fifth and sixth round I think I mean they're not going to be them but they you never know like I think of like a Richard Sherman and like Antonio Brown I just think of those like off the top of my head so mm-hmm. if the Falcons are lucky they get both but well yeah we'll see I mean that. I'd say that the percentage is probably really low that either of those guys turn out as good as Sherman or Brown but but if they get close I, I, yeah yeah I. I think that that they could definitely return some value, and um, I believe the Falcons were maybe had the most, or they were one of the top three in, in undrafted free agent signings. Yeah. So all of those rookies that didn't get picked, because um, we we had a lot of roster spots to fill. Given that I believe going into the draft, we only had thirty one players who were under contract for this year, so kind of had to find some some cheap guys to just join the team so we could fill the roster, but. I, I really like the the pick of Felipe Franks from Arkansas, the quarterback. Oh. He's, as I'm sure a lot of people remember, Ryan Mallett a couple of years back just could throw the deep ball like nobody else. Um, I think that it's it's cool to finally get some new blood into the quarterback room. Um, again, I love Matt Ryan. He's he's our he's my quarterback, <laughs> but I definitely am excited to to see if if they start to develop Franks as kind of like just to be a perennial backup. Um, they brought in AJ McCarron also was kind of like a veteran now, I suppose, just because he's been in the league for a while, but it'll be interesting to see if Arthur Smith is, and Terry Fana are trying to develop this quarterback. Cause again, I don't see Matt Ryan passing the baton to anybody in the near future. So it, it begs the question of what is their plan long-term because nobody knows except them. And I'm appreciative of a, a new front office that kind of keeps that information close to the chest. So, but I like that pick. And then they drafted uh, or they signed a few undrafted uh, free agents running backs um, to get some experience too. Cause like you said, there's some of those skill positions that you you definitely need depth, Mm -hmm. not necessarily pay for all the talent, but injuries happen and you want to make sure that you have enough people that know the system to come in, step in and, and perform. So I like some of those picks too. So, yeah, this, but with this team, it's so young and we're about now to go in through their schedule we'll, we'll do a little schedule game. I, we do this on all of them and it'll be fun to kind of hear and see how wrong I was, at least for the, for the first few that we've <laughs> done and then how wrong we'll be on this. Um, the, the, such a, it's such a young team. You wonder how it's going to, how they're going to, especially during like the meat of the schedule, how they're going to kind of react, whether they start off hot, maybe a little hot because they got a little, little juice with them, or if they struggle a little bit in the beginning, how are they going to react, especially in the middle of the year? Are they going to, they're going to keep playing hard. They're going to, are they going to crumble? <laughs> Just because young, young players, you never know. What do you, what do you exactly. think? What do you think this young team is going to kind of, kind of bring to the table this year? Well, I, I definitely feel like when I try to predict the schedule, it is always wrong, especially the last couple of years. You know, every year I'm going in like, oh, man, 10 and 6 would be the worst that we do. And 
I mean, look at our record the last few years. It's nowhere near 10 and 6. Completely opposite. Um, even worse. Uh, so I think this year I'm trying to understand that my optimism should be leveled a little bit. Uh, but with the new coaching staff, some young guys, I think that they'll definitely shock a few people. Um, I do think I'm, I'm really thinking that this is the year we finally write the ship and get a winning record to end the season. Because yeah. um, the, the last time that we had a, a win, a, like we actually had a positive win-loss ratio was almost two years ago at this point. Like imagine going two seasons without ever getting over that, that hump of winning uh, more games than losing long. games. <laughs> Man, I like 20 years about that feeling. Hey, I mean – like I said, maybe the fortunes have turned so that it always comes back. The Falcons, yeah. Falcons are going to be the new Browns. Yeah, Hopefully not. I don't want that. No, with the, I mean with this Falcons team, like it's really a wide open division. Drew Brees <laughs> retired, and Sam Darnold. I say wide open for second place because I think the Buccaneers are going to be very good. But why? Like they could, if they can beat the teams that they're supposed to. I mean, they have a fourth-place schedule, I believe. So they should be playing more of the easier teams. <laughs> That's in quotes. Um, supposedly the easier teams. Um, so, yeah, we'll go through this a little bit, and we'll see kind of what we think. Well, I don't I don't even – I'm never good at this schedule game. I'm, I'm terrible it's at part it. Of the, it's part of the fun of, of watching sports, you know, like – you kind of take it into your hands to guess how teams will perform. And just goes to show you that we really have no input or inside information as to how it really turns out. We'll have something totally different than someone else that's <laughs> predicting. And they'll both be wrong somehow. So their first game, they go up against the Philly Eagles at a one o'clock game. So uh, not very high. I'm telling you, I, I do have, have one complaint before the season starts is oh i know that we haven't won a lot of games but i mean come on give us some kind of time slot other than one o'clock you know give us one primetime game on a sunday night Your prime I think it's time been almost three years 9 30 a.m uh october 10th. yeah that is a yeah that's another here we go quotes primetime game <laughs> man that <laughs> oh yeah right right in the middle of church you know <laughs> Church, yes, we brought it up again. We'll try. We'll have to keep a, we'll have to keep a click on that. Yeah, they play the they play the Browns preseason. They get the, they get there's their prime time game is playing the Browns. Mm-hmm. Play that eight. Hey, that's NBC. Yeah, that's the um, and usually that's like the quote unquote dress rehearsal game where they play the starters for a minute. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Kyle Pitts will score his first unofficial but official NFL touchdown. You know. Yeah, but we'll see. I hope he gets it before. <laughs> Hopefully on August 13th against the Titans and then score his first touchdown against them. That would just make things feel a little bit better, even though it's preseason. Yeah, Arthur Smith can stick it a little bit to his <laughs> former team in the preseason. So, yeah, they play, they've played the Philly Eagles. Uh, honestly, that could be, this is a good game, honestly, to start for the Falcons because you get – not a very great team to start. I'm, I mean, look, the last few times the Falcons have played the Eagles, I believe in the past seven years, 
We've opened the season at home against the Eagles two or three times. And I believe we won every game when we're at home. Uh, but Matt Ryan is does terrible in, in Philadelphia. I think he's never won a game um, in Lincoln Financial. But I think that we come away with the win on this one. Um, new that. season, new yeah. coaching staff. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to put up some crazy numbers, but I think Kyle Pitts finally Jalen gets his. You think Jalen Hurts is, has got it? I, I don't think that they're going to make him the franchise QB, but he's the stat monster. I mean, I picked him up in fantasy football at the end of last year and got to the championship because I had Russell Wilson, and he outperformed Russell Wilson those last three or four weeks because um, he they actually gave him the freedom to run the ball. And Jalen Hurts actually was a good runner. I, I, I talked to a kid. Uh, I worked at the YMCA, and I like this this kid I think is an Eagles fan. And I've I've compared I've compared Jalen Hurts' stats to uh, Cody Kessler, so I've I've it, they they compare a little too well, but we won't get into that mm-hmm. yet. Um, so this game, yeah, is in Mercedes Benz Stadium, which is now the only Mercedes Benz Stadium. I don't know if you knew that. It, I didn't uh, see that update. The Superdome is now the Caesars Superdome, like uh, not Little Caesars, like the uh, the gambling uh, place. Huh. Yeah, they are they are no longer the Mercedes. There's some, there's some other breaking news we forgot about. Well, I guess they they needed to get some official gambling company because they like to gamble on who they're going to get at quarterback. But <laughs> They're gambling we'll their see. future Jameis, I guess. So then, <laughs> then we go from the Eagles, which should be a nice tune-up game, should be, and then they go pedal to the metal against the Buccaneers next the next week. Which I think – yeah, I, I mean, we went toe-to-toe with the Bucks last year in both games. We were even up 17-0 to at one point, um, I believe at halftime in our first meeting with them last year. But, I mean, you got to look at it. Teams don't succeed to the extent that the Bucks did towards the ends of last year. Like, they don't do that for seasons in a row. Even the Chiefs, you saw a, a pretty significant drop-off. And yeah. after Mahomes threw 50-something touchdowns, he obviously regressed a little bit, so – I think that that will go toe to toe, but I don't think we win that game um, to start the season. But so I think we we take an L down in Tampa, and that could be a really good tone setter for the season. And like, if even if they lose, it could be a good. Well, they played them really close, which is it always stinks to have those like good losses. Pers- I don't it that those always stink, but they could be a good indicator on how this season goes. Cause then they go up to a week, still very weak uh, NFC East team, the New York giants, Danny Dimes. I, I have no faith in him. Honestly, I, I, I just don't find him to be very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, this is the year that they find out it's his yeah. third year. They've got, all the the weapons they could possibly afford to yeah. around them with the, the signing of Galladay and Saquon will be back. I believe he's starting off on the the reserved uh, players list right now. Um, the pup list. Uh, trying to blink as to what that stands for, but this he's um to perform. Let's go. There you go. Nice. I, it, I it's on the tip of my tongue. If I can remember, <laughs> but. I, again, I think that the problem with the Falcons, and I don't know if this is solvable in one year under a new regime, is 
defense. Um, it's it's going to take some time and some experience for some of these young guys, but we just we end up giving up so many points, giving up way too many scores, way too many chunk plays of yards, and I think we were bottom in the league of yards per game. We allowed like over 300 passing yards per game, which I think was the worst. And that's so. I mean, Dan Quinn. When you had Dan Quinn, who's a defensive yeah. guru, <laughs> that was in air quotes too. There's a lot of air quotes. I mean, yeah, he definitely didn't uh, didn't live up to that expectation of being a defensive minded coach and having continually bad defenses. But I think with that that game in New York and MetLife, I do think we'd squeeze out a win though. Um, yeah, because I think Matt Ryan is definitely utilizing his weapons at tight end again. I'll just, I'll, I'll just agree uh, with your stuff. I don't want to, I don't ever take away from the homerism, but believe me, because I have, I have the, the blind f- faith for my team this year too. Yeah. Which well, is a good thing when you have root for team. <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, then, then the next week um, at home against Washington, Honestly, like last year with COVID, I don't think home field advantage meant anything for the Falcons. No. Um, so I think this year that changes a little bit. Yeah. And I, I do believe we pick up this win as well. So that makes us 3-0 and against the NFC East. This will also be a, a tough game for that, for that offense to see what Kyle Pitts has sort of got um, going against what should be a, a – a good defense again for the Washington football team. I think this could be a low scoring game, honestly, which is a little, maybe a little scary for the Falcons. Um, it could be close, but I think, yeah, I think home field advantage is going to be huge and it's going to be rocking. I think most of the, these games, any home field is going to be kind of a raucous because it's first mm-hmm. year. Back. So I think that that should help the Falcons. And then they, yeah, get, they can, yeah, they, they can fit at almost 75,000 people in that stadium. So, you know, it's going to be and it's indoors. So that that sound is popping off the roof. Mm-hmm. So, well, they get lucky then. I think they're in London is is their location because it's 930. But they get a little little nice. Hopefully I'll give this one a win. Yeah. I'll just even say at the beginning. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Jets I don't I, personally, I don't have full belief in Zach Wilson. You might have. Not on, not on, uh, not with you right now, but you might have PFF stats to prove me otherwise. But just from the the eye test, I'm not. Hey, a, I mean, not a Zach Wilson fan. I mean, I've, I've heard it both ways. Um, of all the content that I consume from PFF, um, there's still it still seems like it's a 50-50 plan. Um, it does seem to be encouraging the Jets that hiring Robert Sala they're kind of starting themselves on a path that's building towards a contender team. Yeah. Will Zach Wilson be that guy? We don't know. Um, he kind of is a one hit wonder, but I mean, Joe Burrow still looked like he was capable of what he performed a couple of years ago uh, in his half a season with the Bengals last year. So it's a great question. Um, I, I don't like rookie quarterbacks playing against the Falcons defense because they always look like they're the next greatest thing. So Johnny United. I think, yeah, <laughs> I remember distinctively when Teddy Bridgewater was a rookie for the Vikings and they came down to Atlanta and I was like, oh man, we're finally going to get this win that <clears throat> kind of helps get us to the playoffs. And 
he came in and absolutely destroyed us. And ever since then, I count every, and Baker Mayfield too, to go back with the Browns. Oh, yeah. um, I think his second year I was, I took my brother and his wife who lived in Cleveland at the time. Um, I took them to that game. Cause I mean, again, I'm a super fan that year. I went to five different Falcons games living in Delaware. So I drove to all these different cities and, Man, that one game in Cleveland, I was like, oh, man, again, I, I had so much optimism. And then I walked out of the stadium and I wanted a brown paper bag because we just lost to the Browns. <laughs> yeah, that does usually hurt a lot of people. It, I can understand that one. Man, uh, but the only problem I think I have with Zach Wilson, I I mean, he's playing at BYU. I don't know if that competition's up to Joe Burrow, where he was at. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess we'll see. Um, but I'm going to give it to the Falcons. I don't. I think this is where the Falcons' luck changes against rookie quarterbacks. I don't. Yeah, think I have the weapons to help them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think. I think for the first time in a long time, there's some real genuine excitement about the Falcons going into the bye week at four and one. So. I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> and that's an early bye week, which is kind of stinks uh, for the Falcons, but especially by the end of the year, we'll, we'll get to that though. Uh, so yeah, after, off of that bye week, they uh, play the Miami Dolphins uh, at Hard Rock, which is going to be a tough game, honestly, coming off the bye, but they'll have a, have a little bit of time to, to scheme up a little bit for them. Yeah, I think again, I, I, I think that the, the, the regime down in Miami um, definitely has put their quarterback, their young quarterback, in a position to succeed. And it's down in Miami, and I feel like that's probably not a conducive environment to play in uh, when you're used to playing in Dome. So I, I think that the Falcons uh, end up losing this game. Maybe Tua puts up some of those numbers that people expect them to. And um, just that all those offensive weapons that they have down there, um, it'll be exciting. I think that'll be a, a definitely a, a shootout. Um, and Xavier Howard probably get his interception, um, but it, he's he's probably not going to have. I think he had ten interceptions last year. Definitely not getting ten, but I think probably a rookie mistake from Kyle Pitts gives it to Xavier Howard. But so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if he's even on the team. Uh, with him wanting a trade out of there, we'll see. Did he request a trade officially? Yeah, I've, every, everything I've seen, he wants he wants a new deal. He wants out of Miami. He even though he just got a new deal, mm. eh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll, they'll maybe call his bluff on that one because they have him for three years and he's twenty eight. So, um, but yeah, I mean. He can't do much to get himself out of there at that point. He's got so much on his deal still. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the Falcons also lose, but I think there's a lot. This is going to be a good game because I don't know if I trust Tua either. He's another quarterback that just – he looked kind of pitiful last year, honestly. Um, I mean, he's a rookie coming off of a big injury, but he just – he didn't look like he had zip, honestly, on the ball. It just – Maybe it's just me watching it. It just yeah. like zip on it. Um, so we'll see if he, he can kind of bounce back to Alabama to a, but I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'll give, cause I think the dolphins have an all around good team, very like good defense. Um, 
but yeah, it's that that's close. That's gonna be a close game, honestly. But we're definitely gonna lose some games that we're yeah. quote unquote expected to win. So I'm I'm marking one of them right now. Yeah. With the with the Dolphins. Well, then they go against their division rival, who will have new. Uh, let's see. Quarterback. I don't. Uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, very meh. This will be his his last. Yeah. This is. I think that just as Arthur Smith kind of made uh, Tannehill kind of seem like a great quarterback and. I mean, it's still we have this year to see if Tano will carry all that over, all that momentum. But I think Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator definitely gives Sam Darnold an opportunity to develop this year, kind of showcase something that the Jets never did um, by never giving him a good offensive coordinator. <laughs> but I, really I like do think he is me too. Really, really good. <laughs> there, there was a lot of rumors that he was going to join Terry, um, so he would be the head coach and Terry would be the. Um, the general manager since they both have connections from new Orleans with LSU. Mm. Um, but ultimately that didn't work out and I'm hundred percent okay with that because yeah. Arthur Smith brings a little bit more experience and knows how to develop a quarterback better um, that in the NFL, knows how to develop an NFL quarterback better. Joe Brady, it's just been, I think it's his second year in the league uh, this coming season. So he's still got some, some more things to learn in that regard. But I think, since this is in Atlanta, I think we win this game. Um, yeah. It'll be be a nice, refreshing uh, introduction back into divisional play uh, to host those Panthers. But I, yeah, I think we get the, the win there. I don't have any. I don't have any faith in Sam Darnold. Truly, I I I don't think he's just going to be. I don't think it'll be a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be. If anything, a perennial, perennial, wow, backup. So you get that, and then we I, go to another. I do think. Huh? Ooh. I was going to say, uh, just a quick note, that game is on Halloween, and maybe Sam Darnold will be seeing more ghosts. So maybe we'll get, <laughs> get some kind of positive turnout there for the Falcons. <laughs> or he'll dress up as a real quarterback and light up the Falcons. So let's hope for the former. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, after that hallow, spooky Halloween game, they go then against Jameis for the first time. Is it Jameis or is it Taysom? I mean, maybe it'll be week to week. <laughs> I mean, they could probably beat us with either one. So we lost both games last year against them. So I think we sadly get a, a third game in a row where we, we can't come out on top. So I think we lose that game because I've been down to the former Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Um, and I'm telling you, it is an experience because the it's kind of feels like you're underground a little bit because uh, they kind of built it deeper into the ground. So you there's not a lot of space when you're sitting in the stands. It kind of feels a little congested, but it, it gets super loud down there. So I don't think we come away with a win yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I think by this point, Jameis will start kind of hitting a stride. I don't. I have. I have more faith in him than I do Sam Darnold. I think Jameis, if he's in a good place like uh, New Orleans, I think he can kind of show his stuff. So this will be a good spot to see if he's got it. And honestly, I think I. 
I've watched James play. He came. I used to live in Winston Salem area, so I watched him against against Wake Forest when they won the national championship and they won by like fifty points. So I want to I want to have a little bit of faith in him. I, I like James honestly. I do I do like him as a person. He's he's definitely an interesting guy. And yeah. He seems like a real genuine guy too. Yeah. Um, but he he also loves the Falcons defense. He throws interceptions to them. Every year, that year he went thirty for thirty. He ended the year by giving us a, a pick six. So, I I like that he'll carry. I hope I'm hoping he'll carry over that sentiment over to New Orleans when he's the starter. So sure. <laughs> and then they go against the so-called America's team, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I I think this is also going to be a tough game for the Falcons with that juggernaut of an offense. I think Dak will be starting to light it up at that point. They got CD, Amari, Michael Gallup, Zeke should be refreshed by that point. Um, I think that that'll be a really tough game to me resulting in a loss because Dallas is, I mean, their defense is a little sus suspect, but that offense very good. I mean, it's, it's a revenge game for us. It's, back against Dan Quinn and I really wish that we would be able to pull off the win against his defense and that, put up 60 kind of, points but I do think we lose that game as well yeah I that that's gonna his defense is gonna somehow look like the 85 Bears <laughs> just because he's playing the Falcons I mean it, you, you can't win them all so I think I don't I'm hoping that the Falcons end up making the playoffs and the Cowboys don't. So then that's our ultimate victory over Dan Quinn. But sure, yeah. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> All this is just prospecting. So, yeah. Know. But it's just, it's, it's been a tough stretch and it only gets tougher, honestly, because then they go Thursday night game against the New England Patriots. That's going to be another super tough team against a reloaded team uh, with new with Hunter Henry, uh, with uh, Johnny Smith. Maybe Mac Jones will be a quarterback. I think for Patriots' sake, they don't maybe want that. Um, that this, this is another <laughs> tough game, honestly, for the, for the Falcons. Yeah, I, I think that Cam Newton's still the quarterback. I think they'll run the whole year with them, give Mac Jones a, a good season under his belt in the offensive system under Belichick. So, but Cam Newton, I mean, he has experience playing in Atlanta. So I, I think that it'll be a close game, but in our only real quote unquote primetime game, I do think that we end up getting the win because the Falcons are, are good in primetime. Hey, that's good. That's good, man. I, I don't like the Patriots. So even now, uh, so I'll, I'll take that. Um, and then they go against in the middle of the season. They go against the 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 number one overall pick in the former and the former Ohio State football coach Urban Trevor Lawrence. You're gonna have Travis Etienne. What you thinking here? I think Trevor Lawrence looks like the number one overall pick, but I do think that this is the one Falcons road game that they should win. And they should be at this point in the season. I think they'll be, they won't be considered underdogs. Hopefully not. But I do think they should be favored to win this game and they'll do so by at least two scores. 
I think when I did the Jag, we did the Jaguars one already. I think I had them beating the Falcons. So I think I'm going to stick with that sentiment <laughs> because well, there you go. I got I got to keep it a little bit the same. I I know that one off the top of my head. I it's I think because uh, I with Trevor Lawrence I go back to Baker Mayfield's rookie season and, and uh, I think he'll have about that year or even better with like a Justin Herbert type year. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I reloaded and like with Shaq Griffin on, as a cornerback. I think they'll surprise with. Oh, like I forgot about that. Six or seven wins. Uh, so I I have them, I had him losing just so I can keep it with my. With my, uh, with my maybe maybe this is the game that that Tim Tebow breaks out. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> that would be a kick in the pants. <laughs> your your team's the one that Tim Tebow looks like, uh, like Travis Kelsey. That would be the worst, honestly. I I love Tim Tebow; he's great, but <laughs> that, yeah, that definitely would <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> so they go from the Jaguars back again against Tom Brady another tough game that this one will probably result in a, a loss because this is when the Buccaneers last year at least were starting to to start heat, starting to heat up on their eventual Super Bowl run yeah I I I would count that I'd say Christmas comes a little early in December and we finally beat Tom Brady because he can't beat us four times in a row um there's just know, statistically a lot of teams <laughs> statistically though i feel like it's it's easier to do three in a row but it's hard to do four in a row so i think we end up pulling out the victory on that i think calvin ridley has a big game i'll let you have your optimism on that one i'll probably go with the with the with a close loss yeah because you're you're right the their games last year were super close with the with the buccaneers so how can I argue? And those they were both la- like late in the year too, so maybe they'll give another good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they go again against the Panthers. Uh, I I give this one a win again because I don't I I like Matt Rule. I do. I just you got to have the quarterback to win. I don't think they have the quarterback. Yeah, they made they made a mistake passing on Justin Fields, so I think that. That's going to cost him. It potentially, hopefully, it doesn't cost him his job. But I think if they have another down year and end up fourth place at the bottom of the food chain in the NFC South, they're they're just spinning tires. They're not going anywhere. So I think the Falcons win that one as well. So then they go against. Hopefully, they'll still be healthy at this point. San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I don't think Trey Lance will be playing this year if they're if. If plan, you don't think they'll bring Trey Lance in yet? I think if if plans go to fruition, they'll try and keep Jimmy G as long in as possible. But with how how many injuries Jimmy G seems to get, <laughs> could be playing this game, and that would be a good thing for the Falcons. Honestly, he uh, is to me a very raw quarterback that does need a year. He needs a Patrick Mahomes year to to kind of get to where he will be. Yeah, I'll be honest. If if the Falcons had picked a quarterback, I wanted Lance um, because he's he needs that time. And with Matt Ryan's cap hits, they needed somebody who could sit the bench. But I mean, when you think about NFL teams and drafting quarterbacks in today's age, 
you're drafting a rookie because you've hit rock bottom and you have a new staff typically. And, and you're using his rookie contract to build a contending team around him. And if we did that and drafted Justin Fields or Trey Lance this year, if we had the opportunity to get Lance, it wouldn't have made too much financial sense to not utilize the the benefit of that cheaper QB deal. So overall, I think whether it's Lance or Garoppolo, it's in San Francisco all the way across the country. I don't think we pull out this victory. We did sneak a win against the 49ers a couple of years ago um, in San Francisco, but the guy who got us that victory is no longer on the team. So I'm, I'm going with another loss right there. And you're talking about the 49ers uh, or well, getting a quarterback usually when you're rebuilding. That's what's crazy about the 49ers getting Trey Lance. I don't think they're re- rebuilding per se. I think they're it's right. just got plagued by in- injuries, had a high enough pick to trade up to get a quarterback. So they, for the foreseeable future, could be pretty good. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that too. I think 49ers are – they should have a bounce back year uh, if, like, Nick Bosa is healthy uh, mm-hmm. and – like they get a full year out of George Kittle. And uh, so, yeah. And they got like six running backs that can run for a hundred yards whenever they want. So it's you like never know. Any running back they bring in, like they had Jeff Wilson, like who get do well whenever he came in. So they, they do their offense very well. Kyle Shanahan does it really well. Um, so yeah, that, that's going to be a tough game for the Falcons, but then I think they get a breather. They get it. Well, they can't take it as a breather, but we as fans hopefully uh, think it should be a breather against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think without Todd Gurley, we win this game. So <laughs> um, I I'm hoping that, that, that that's the that case. Was <laughs> that was who it was against the Lions. Man. That's so I think. I think that's a the easy again. That's a Christmas game a little bit late, so it Christmas early and late this year. So yeah, I think hopefully they, that's the case. I think they get it too. I Alliance. I, Jared Goff is not Matt Stafford at all, and he doesn't have Sean McVay to make him look like he could be a competent quarterback. He just just not very good. Um, so I he's going to be probably exposed, especially because the Lions have zero wide receivers they have nothing there so yeah falcons should hopefully not even have it have to eke out a win here they should they should win this game uh they should that's the key word <laughs> and then but then they kind of the their last two games are pretty tough because then they go against what should be the afc east, east champions uh buffalo bills I, I think that it's a tough stretch there um, the, for those last two games because if you think about it, we're in the playoff hunt. Um, sure, yeah. And if we're, if we're in the playoff hunt, we got to win at least one of those games. And I just think early January in Orchard Park um, in Buffalo, New York, I don't see us winning that game. Um, I can't even think of the last time I saw the Falcons play in a, a snow game, but this has everything to be a snow game um, that early in the year. So I think that 
ultimately we we miss out on that opportunity to be hopefully the AFC uh, North champions there. But it's Josh Allen. I'm, I'm thinking that he'll probably just throw deep bombs on our defense. I don't think we quite figured it out at this point in the year, sadly. But we're in all these games because of our offense. And I think that'll hold true even into the final week of the season, too. Bills are going to be a juggernaut anyway this season. Because to me, AFC is going to be like cream of the crop is going to be KC, Buffalo, Cleveland is going to be your three. Uh, there's no homerism in that. Don't forget Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, yeah. It, I think Baltimore is going to be really good too. It's so I think that's your cream of the crop is those those four. Um, and yeah, unless Buffalo has a first round bye at this point, which is not likely they're going to be playing hard and that's not good for the Falcons. So I think I'm going to go with Buffalo on this one too. Well, and then for the final game of the season, uh, we get to host the new Orleans Saints. And I think this is likely a, a if you win your end scenario for the Falcons, because I think they will be borderline. Um, the, they'll be borderline in the playoffs at this point. So especially if they lose that Bills game, I think that that kind of puts them in the win-you're-in scenario. So I think they, they end up squeaking out a win because um, it's in Atlanta to end the season. Um, and again, it's Jameis. He's going to end the season giving us another pick six. So just like old times. So there, there, there's the prediction. The way that the Falcons are going to win, Jameis looking, has a man, air mail, pick six. Falcons, Falcons take it home. <laughs> I'll go with that. That's good with me. <laughs> I, I, I think this will, yeah, this will be a, a tough game. It's going to be a big divisional game. Uh, hopefully it's not them playing like, ah, oh, we get second, but second place doesn't, doesn't matter. Cause I don't, I don't know if the NFC is going to technically be very, you could have like a, like a nine and seven uh, wild card. So this could be beneficial, but at least in mine, this one's going to kind of be like for the Falcons, at least it's going to be, uh, we're just playing for some pride here. Um, but it, yeah. it could be pretty, pretty, pretty crucial game. And that's why NFL always has those like divisional games, always has a divisional game in the last, as the last game. So they can usually be for a beneficial spot. Um, yeah, so they could could maybe flex it to yeah. be a better time slot because it's going to be a good game. But I mean, this is your first year with seventeen games, so I think overall I have the Falcons ending the season at eleven and six, potentially ten and seven. I think that's good enough to get in as the seventh seed, at least yeah, yeah. six or seven seed. It should. Um, I mean, I have them uh, more as like a seven win team. Well, seven, uh, ten, uh, seven or eight win team. I think they'll be pretty middle of the pack, which should be good, honestly. For the first year, it sounds maybe a little rough for them, but for the first year of having a new coach, um, bringing in, like, honestly, bringing in, like, some new blood when you lose Julio, it's huge. Uh, that's, that's a main piece of your offense. I think, like, the Falcons should be very competitive this year. So maybe, like, a, de- like a deceiving eight wins, seven win team, but they like, if stuff goes their way, which 
it could. It's football. Yeah, I could I could totally see them eking into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer year two of every new coaching staff is the best year you're gonna get. Um, because if you look at a lot of the last few Super Bowls, all the NFC teams had coaches in their second year get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, he was we were in the second year of his offensive system. And I mean, look at how he turned out. He's now a great head coach. But I think I do think that if we do make the playoffs or if we just miss it, I believe that next year will this year will benefit the skill and experience that all of our team will get this year under a new coaching staff. So it's nice to turn the page. We wanted to turn the page. I, I was a firm believer they should have turned the page at least at the end of 2018, if not the middle of 2019. But. Sadly, we wasted two years of Julio, and now he's gone. So, yeah, what can you do about it? This team it should be competitive. I mean, a lot of the NFL is going to be competitive. I'm every time I like listen to podcasts and stuff with like like NFL podcasts, it really it feels like the NFL is at a place where like like it's an NFL team. I think the only team that just won't be very competitive is the Texans, and other than that. Like every game this year is going to be, I honestly like a good game. Like mostly like competitive because it's just so talented right now in a lot of spots. And Falcons are included in that. Yeah, and and that's that's what you want to see when you you look at the the broad perspective of the NFL. You want games to be close. You don't want to turn a game on and it's you're like ah, I don't feel like even watching this game because it's just a blowout. So. We'll see. We'll see how exciting this year will be. I, I do believe this is the year with that extra game. I think that there'll be a lot more excitement and having fans welcome back into the stands. It's it's going to be definitely a memorable season. Yeah. So that kind of does it on our on our Atlanta Falcons uh, preview. I guess we'll we'll call it uh, at least through our our perspective. Uh, so. Let's let's give a round of applause. I will to our our new host. I'll just go ahead and give him the title, uh, Josh. And uh, thank you for being on here. And we'll, we we are excited uh, for the future of what the podcast holds with uh, with some new blood as a co-host, a future dad too. Yeah, so. yeah, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's a lot of exciting things happening in the next couple of weeks. And again, football's here. The regular season starts in about six weeks. So I and mean where's your baby? Maybe we'll get to see if that, that first win is Yeah, she's gonna be born hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Her due date is August thirteenth. So Man, yeah, you're cutting it close. You know, maybe next time I get back on, I'll yeah, yeah, I know. She's going to be born right before the season starts. What's going to be You'll be away yeah. for those uh, uh, Pac-12 West Coast games. That baby will will be crying, and <laughs> you'll have the opportunity to watch games you never thought you, you'd stay up to watch. Exactly. I can. I don't think they're doing the double doubleheader on Monday night anymore because oh. um, I think it was too late, so I can't even – I mean, I always wanted to watch the second. Yeah, no. 
So thank you, Josh. And we will be back. We're going to try and make this weekly again. Uh, we will be back there next week. So thank you all for listening and have a good day, whatever, whatever you guys do. <laughs> Thanks guys.